Good morning. We're going to start out with prayer first thing this morning. Um, a lot of people couldn't be here so far this morning because of the roads and, and that. So we want to pray protection over everybody for, and for healing for John Sandy because we miss him. Um, and so we're going to start out with that. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift you up this morning. Um, we, we praise you for the opportunity to be here. And we lift up to you all of the ones who are traveling, the ones who are sick. Um, we pray healing upon the, he- on the sick. We pray safety upon the ones who are in their vehicles. I plead that the angels would be round about them, like holding their cars to the road. Like if there's ice in front of them, I pray that it's, it evaporates as they come to it. Um, I pray that every cell in, in people's bodies that are, are sick or are struggling, that they are healed right now through the Spirit, that they feel an immediate change, an immediate healing. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be here. We, we really appreciate that we made it safe and that we can be here and we can talk about you and we can talk about your word and that we can sing praises to you and tell you how much we love you. And we just appreciate that opportunity. So thank you so much. We love you this morning, Lord, and we pray that this would touch hearts and, and especially mine as I'm, I'm teaching it, that it would sink deeper and deeper into my spirit so that I can put what I'm preaching into practice, that, that what I'm teaching others and, and, and that they are helping to teach me back is, is stuff that we can all take hold of and it'll make us and it'll change us into different people. We pray anointing on Pastor as he's preaching today, anointing like he's never had a new anointing, a fresh anointing fresh words, fresh um, uh, revelation, not just for us, but for him. And we just praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We certainly miss John Sandy the last couple weeks. And last week I was kind of short notice on on teaching, so I didn't have as much time to prepare as I did this week. But since we miss John Sandy so much, I figured I would do some honor for him. I know he's been preaching about joy, and he's been telling you all some jokes. (laughs) So I figured we'd start off with a few jokes for John Sandy. So John Sandy, this is for you. (laughs) Okay, now the first one is a knock-knock joke, so you all have to participate, okay? (laughs) Knock-knock. Impatient cow. Moo. Okay, why was Cinderella so bad at soccer? Because she kept running away from the ball. (laughs) What did the horse say after it tripped? Help, I've fallen and I can't giddy up. (laughs) Okay, that was for you, John. (laughs) All right. The title of my message today is, Do You Give In? Um, we're going to start. Last week I was told I went really fast on the scriptures, so, so I'm going to slow down and take my time on that today. <laughs> I was a little nervous last week. <laughs> anyway, Matthew 6.33 is where we're starting today. And they've got it up on the screen for me. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, I know pastors preached on this scripture quite a few times, and and actually that spurred me to do kind of like a study on it. And so I went through, and I looked up like all the different versions of, I mean, just several that I'm used to, um, 
in the different Bibles to see what all this scripture actually says. So we're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. Now in Matthew, when they're talking about this scripture, they're talking about like clothes and food and, and your needs is what is being talked about around that, that we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like he's going to take care of all of that anyway if we're seeking him, so what, you know we don't need to worry. But I wanted to see what that was like in all of the other versions. In the Amplified, Matthew 6, 33 says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. The New Living Translation says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. The message says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And then, of course, the King James Version. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I can't say that verse without wanting to sing it because I went to a church in Colorado that that was one of the songs that we sang. <laughs> I could sing that to you, but I'm not going to. Um, <clears throat> so when we're talking about seeking things, we are always seeking something from the time we're first born. I mean, that's just human nature. Like if you've watched um, a newborn when they're hungry, they are seeking after food and they are going to cry until they get it. If you are looking at a two-year-old, I'm speaking from experience right at the moment here. <laughs> You're looking at a two-year-old, they want the candy, and they are not going to stop until they figure out how to get the candy. They're going to seek after that until they get it. <laughs> if you're talking about the five-year-old, <laughs> and the five-year-old wants the donut, she is not going to stop asking. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you tell her, no, Grace, you can't have a donut because, you know, you haven't had dinner yet, it doesn't matter. She's going to be like, she'll, she's, she'll ask you a hundred times, and then when you finally get mad and say, you're not getting a donut, she'll go find somebody else to ask, because that's human nature. It's the kid nature. She wants the donut. She's hungry. She doesn't understand why she has to eat, you know, her dinner first. She wants a donut. So that's human flesh. So we're always seeking something, or we're being sought after. Somebody is always seeking us. We all, they always need us for something. They always want us for something. They always, you know, there's always, it's, it's because if I'm always seeking for something, I'm going to somebody else to try and get it. So there's this, you know, we're always looking for stuff all the time around us. So who's seeking us most of the time? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I have that in the King James here too. We, can you flip that to the King James or is that too hard? Okay. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell. Nope, that's the wrong one. That's my next one. <laughs> I, I want, 
Yeah, I want First Peter in the King James. I have it on here. I'll just read it. <laughs> be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So we're to seek the Lord, and the devil is seeking us. So, my message today is about do you give in? Let me give you what seek means. I looked it up and wrote it down in my study. Seek means attempt to find. Attempt or desire to obtain or achieve. Ask for something. Search for. So this is an attempt or desire to obtain or achieve something. That's what, what we're seeking here. Okay? So, we start out think, seeking the things that we desire, like, like kids, like what we've talked about. It comes from God's nature. Like, seeking stuff is not a bad thing. We're, we're to seek love. God's seeking love. That's why he created us. It's because he wanted somebody to be able to hang out with, to talk to, to have that emotional you know, connection with. That's what we were created for. He was seeking companionship. That's what he was seeking. So God's nature is to seek stuff. It's not wrong to want to go after something. That's what we're created to do. It's natural to, to want to, to have that love. Everybody in the world is seeking for love because that's how we were created. God was seeking after love. We're seeking after love. But we don't know where to find it. We've been so distracted and deceived about what love looks like and what true love is that we think love is found in drugs and alcohol and, and um, pornography and, yeah, in, in sex and um, in anything that makes you feel good. That's what we've been deceived into believing that love is, is anything that makes us feel good is love. Well, anybody who's been married... <laughs> or had you know, a, a, a long-term relationship with somebody, knows that that is not, you know, <laughs> love doesn't always make you feel good. <laughs> I mean, there's times in marriage, you're just like looking at that one and you're like, what did I do? <laughs> you know, or you look at your kids that you have what you love desperately, you would <laughs> give your life for your children. But <laughs> there's times I've looked at Andy and said, is it too late to not have children? <laughs> They're sitting there in the room with us. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I think we've passed beyond that, Meg. <laughs> like, I think we're beyond that. <laughs> Which I'm just kidding because I, I wouldn't ever wish them to not be, you know, not to be here. But we're always, love is not an easy thing. Like you have to actually work at it. If you're going to have a relationship that works, you have to work at it. There's days you don't want to be the nicest person, but you know, you still have to get up and do that. That's it. You have to work through the problems. Yet. So love is not easy, and love doesn't always make you feel great all the time. Everybody thinks that if you're, you know, one time in marriage, you get mad at each other, up, oh, it's over, we're done. It, that's not the way it works. <laughs> you pick yourself up, and you seek after it. You go after that love again. So... 
We're being sought after by the devil, though, right? He was defeated by Jesus, right? So he technically, pastor's been teaching on this, he technically has no power over us, none, zero, nothing. He is so far beneath our feet, right? But have you ever told a two-year-old no? Did they take that as the correct answer and listen to you the very first time and go, okay, yes, I understand, Nani, why I can't have my hand stuck in the fire. I understand. I won't do it anymore. No, they turn around and try and figure out another way to do whatever it is you're telling them not to do. Like, Ellie's hilarious because her eyes won't, you could tell when <laughs> she's like, she won't make eye contact. <laughs> when she does not want to hear what you have to say, there was no eye contact. I have always been, I get down on their level, I make them look in my eyes and I make them repeat back to me what I have just told them that they can't do. And I say, you understand you can't do this. Okay, Nani. So then they have responsibility for that. As long as they don't make eye contact and they don't hear me, they're not responsible in their eyes. <laughs> and that's kind of what Satan's like. He's like that two-year-old who just wants to just ignore everything that he knows what happened. He knows that he's defeated. He knows he has no power over us, but he's going to keep on anyway. He's going to act like nothing happened. He's going to keep trying. So he pretends he still has the power, and he acts like nothing has changed. But that's where we're, we learn that when we're seeking God, we have the power to put him under our feet where he belongs. If you've ever struggled with anxiety and um, I can honestly say that it is something that I have, have struggled with, and I actually didn't know that. Like, God revealed that to me not too long ago. I didn't realize I was struggling with anxiety in certain areas. Like, I'm not an anxious person. I have faith in the Lord. I have trust. But sometimes as we're growing and God's kind of peeling those layers back, and we get rid of one layer and we're like, and you take a deep breath, and then all of a sudden, bam, you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't look right either, or that doesn't feel right, or God, what are you trying to tell me here? And that's what he did to me. He, as I, as I got, get rid of one layer, I would find something else, and I'd be like, oh, I didn't know that, that, that I even had an anxiety in me. But I did, and he revealed it to me. And it's something that is actually steeped from my childhood. You know, you, who knew? But... And that's what I was kind of talking about last week. A lot of the things that we deal with in our life really aren't stuff that Satan's throwing at us right now. It was something that happened to us a long time ago that kind of changed us and made us who we were. Now, that doesn't happen for everybody. I'm just kind of speaking from my, my experience. But, but yeah, like this anxiety that's in us over little things, like you might not be an anxious person overall, but he still tries to plant stuff. So I can say I have struggled with anxiety that's under my feet. It's not part of who I am. And I have victory over it in Jesus' name. So, and we're continuing to walk in that path. But why do so many people struggle with anxiety? If you look around, there are people that are worried and anxious over so many things. Like, I'm so afraid of the snowstorm that's coming. I'm afraid I'm going to have to drive in it. Like, they use that in their speech even, which we talked about that last week too. Like, the words that we say. 
uh, and pastor says this all the time, I'm scared to death, or I'm afraid of this, or, you know, what if this happens, or it, it's even in our, it's ingrained in our speech, and that's that anxiety. That's because Satan is anxious. He knows what's coming. That's why he's fighting so hard. That's why he's pretending like he still has control. That's why he's going after things like he is, because he is scared. He has anxiety in him. All of the things that God is, God is faith. God is peace. God is joy. Satan's the opposite. But he's not, it's not just him. He's not down here happy that he's anxiety. He's down here anxious. He's down here scared. He's down here angry. All of the things that God is, he's the opposite. You can't say that God is love and then but that he doesn't have love in him. Does that make sense? Like God is full of love. God is love. So when you're talking about Satan being anxiety, he's full of anxiety. He's got it inside of him, so that's why he projects it onto us. That's why he tries to give it to us. So he's seeking to put those things on us. We're supposed to be seeking after God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's our way of fighting him off, of keeping him from putting that stuff on us. Do you give in to what's seeking you, or do you seek no matter what? Jacob was the king, well, actually, probably still is, of hide-and-seek. When he was a child, <laughs> he could squeeze himself. He's, he's got, a, I don't know if it's a gift, or I'm not really sure what it is, but he can, he's like a, almost like a contortionist. He can squeeze himself into the tiniest spots you've ever seen in your life. He technically can probably still do it if I asked him to, but I'm not going to. He can put his foot behind his head standing up. He just like picks up one leg and puts it behind his head. <laughs> he's very talented. <laughs> he can still do it. <laughs> but when he was a child, it wasn't just the fact that he could get into the spot. When you're really, really good at hide and seek, you also have to learn how to be quiet and be still and be patient to win. That boy could put himself in the tiniest little spot and stay there for an hour. Like he could, not make a noise. You would never know he was there. So we were camping, a bunch of our families were camping one time and um, we were with Andy's cousin Chris, I mean, Pastor Chris, and his boys, and they're all up at the campsite right above us playing hide and seek and playing games. And they're all supposed to be staying together, you know. And we're a couple campsites down, but we could see them. And we were watching them, and we were all sitting around talking, and they've been playing for a long time. And Trey and Tayton come down, and they say, do you guys know where Jacob is? And I'm like, um, no, he's supposed to be with you. Oh, well, we're playing hide-and-seek, and, seek and um, we lost him. <laughs> and I'm like, you lost him? What do you mean you lost him? And they're like, well, we can't find him. We've been looking for like 15 minutes, and we can't find him. So at this point, Mama's heart is like, oh, no. We're in a campground full of people I don't know, and my kid has disappeared. 
So we start panicking at this point, just a little bit. Anxiety <laughs> reared its head. <laughs> but we start panicking a little bit, and we start looking for him. And he has gone into the bathhouse, right, the men's bathhouse, and he is huddled up in a ball, sitting on top of the toilet, just quietly in the stall, not making a sound. And they have been in and out of that bathhouse a hundred times and never saw him or knew where he was at. <laughs> so hide-and-seek was over at that point, but <laughs> we decided that was not a wise game. <laughs> but yeah, he'd been hiding for like, what was it, 30 minutes or something? <laughs> he was there for a long time. <laughs> so when you're actually truly seeking something with all your heart, you actually work at it. You know, you have to dig in there, you have to be patient, you have to do what you have to do. So the distractions, the things that Satan's seeking us with, they're like huge and they're small. Like there's no certain thing that what tempts me is not what's going to tempt Mike or Jacob, or Andy, or Kathy, or it, we're all different. Like, he's not going to attack us in the same way, even Andy and I. Like, we're married, and we've lived in the same house for a lot of years, but it doesn't matter. We still get attacked with different things. Like, it's still different areas of your life. It's just the way that it is. So it could be big things. Some of the things we talked about earlier, like um, drugs and alcohol and, you know, all of that stuff. It could be something huge. It could. But there is no big and small to God. Sin's a sin, right? Whatever we're being tempted with, it doesn't matter if I'm addicted to drugs or if I'm addicted to watching Netflix. Same thing. And, and people don't, humanity most of the time doesn't see that. They think drugs really bad. But I can sit here and binge watch 14 hours worth of Netflix and it's cool. Like, they brag about it. Yeah, I watched the entire 14 seasons of NCIS in two days. What? <laughs> like, I played video games nonstop until from 4 o'clock in the evening till 6 o'clock in the morning, and then I slept all day, and then I got up at 4 o'clock, and I did it all over again. What? You're addicted just as much as the person who needs a hit of, of meth or whatever. We put stuff in boxes and say it's big or small. God doesn't. To God, it's still you're distracted from seeking him. That's all it is. It's whatever is distracting you from seeking him. So you got your phone in your hand. My phone's in my back pocket, which... You know, I'm not a good example of the whole phone being, like, in charge of you because my phone is always lost. <laughs> always. They're nodding because they know it's true. Jake walks through the house, here's your phone, Mom. I leave it laying everywhere. <laughs> and sorry, I know I talk with my hands. <laughs> um, I leave it laying everywhere. So a phone's not really something that totally distracts me. It was starting to, though. And at the beginning of the year when they were talking about fasting stuff, and, and um, Olivia said something about laying down the things. She saw the church laying down the things that were distracting them and getting in the way. And she mentioned phone when she was just speaking. She said things like phone and stuff like that. And it literally, she was talking about the puzzle pieces. 
And it, lit, it just hit me, and I thought, you know what? I need to lay that down. I do. God said, you need to lay that down? So I said, okay, God, I'm going to lay it down. So right now, I only use my phone for the things that I need it for, like talking on the phone, you know, using it as an actual phone instead of a computer or a, a game or whatever, you know. It, it is to everybody something different, but I, I use it just for a phone and for texting purposes and for apps that I particularly need. And then I don't do I don't do Facebook, I don't do social media or anything like that right now. I've just kind of laid it down and walked away from it. And and that was my choice. That's I'm not telling anybody else to do that. That was just what God told me to do. Once again, everybody's different and God's working with each of us in different ways. But he told me to lay it down. And ever since then, I've found I try to reach for it less and less now. The longer that I go without it, the less I need it. It was a distraction. It's not evil. It's not in itself. It's not any of that stuff unless I let it become. But I will tell you that last year, I can sit and scroll through reels on Facebook, and I'd look up, and I've been sitting there an hour. And I'm like, where did that hour go? Like, oh my gosh, it's 7 o'clock. It was crazy. And I'd, I thought, you know, this is getting ridiculous. So God talked with me about it, and that was one of the things. I think TV is one of the things that we don't, I mean, like Netflix, you can stream anything now. You can stream seasons of stuff. You can stream movies. You can stream whatever. There's nothing wrong with watching any of that stuff. But are you putting it before seeking God? Like, I want people to be able to walk in to the TV and look at it and say, Netflix, you do not have control over me, and I'm going to go spend some time with Jesus, and if he tells me it's okay to come in here after that and watch some TV, I'll be back to see you then. But until then, I'm going to spend time with God. It has a name, right? It has to bow. Pastor just taught us that. If it has a name, it has to bow. So speak to these things that's getting control of you in your life. Food, um, it, you know, dis whatever distracts you at all right now, whatever it is, speak to it. If you want to lose weight, speak to your food and say, walk into the pantry and speak to your food and say, hey, you do not control me. I, I'm in control of you. And when I'm hungry, I will come eat what I want. But you are not calling to me and you are not making me eat what God doesn't tell me to eat. I mean, I'm being serious. Like, why are we not taking control of these things by seeking God first? If we're seeking him and looking at what he wants us to do, which right now I've had to start watching what I'm eating because God told me. Things were starting to shift in ways that I didn't want, and I'm having to have tests that I don't want to have. And if you look at it, most of the time it says overweight is one of the causes okay, probably better get this in line. You know, it's God's temple, and yes, I think God's temple sometimes wants a cheese pizza. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but not every day. <laughs> I think it's okay to give God's temple a cheese pizza every once in a while. <laughs> what is pastors? It's McDonald's, isn't it? <laughs> 
okay every once in a while to treat yourself and to watch the Netflix and to pick up the phone. And it's okay to do that every once in a while, but if it is what distracts you most. If you're trying to pray and your phone keeps chiming and you have to look at the phone to see what it's chiming for, you're distracted. I'm, and I'm, I'm only saying this because this is exactly what I was doing. And I had to be like, ugh. Like I had to go look in the mirror and go, hey, you're distracted. It gets easier and easier. The first time I sit down to pray, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for 10 minutes. And then I think Cynthia talked about this, and then your brain's like, <laughs> and you're like, wow, I got a minute and a half of praying done before my mind went away. <laughs> so <laughs> you just keep growing. The next time it might be two minutes. The next time it might be five minutes. I mean, that's all it is, is we just have to keep seeking. It's not about being perfect the first time. Not that I have any desire to run a marathon, but if I did have a desire to run a marathon, I couldn't go out and do it right now. Not without an ambulance chasing me. <laughs> and there's a little girl at work that I work with, and she's been she's she's actually being an inspiration because she's just a little thing anyway, and she's she didn't like that she was starting to put on weight, so she started working hard, watching what she was eating, and she's working out, and like kind of all the rest of us are like, well. She can do it, so can we. So, and so we were kind of, and she said, anybody's welcome to stay and work out with me. And I said, oh, honey. I said, the only time, reason why I would work out, have a workout partner is so they could call 911 <laughs> if I needed it. <laughs> One of the guys in the office said, that is the most southern thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, See, that's one thing that God needs to work on me, too, is exercise. Because <laughs> that was another one that I had written down was laziness. Because a lot of times, I just don't want to get up and do it. I just don't. Like, the couch is so comfy, and my fuzzy blanket is so warm. <laughs> and my dammy pants. I don't want to have to get up and exercise. Lord, please. I'm not quite there yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> Started with the food. <laughs> Once again, baby steps. <laughs> when you're training for a marathon, taking in baby steps. <laughs> if you can't do it all at once, then do what you can. And the next day, do a little bit more. That's what seeking is, going after something you want. You're not going to get there in the first jump. you got to work for it. you got to keep pressing through on it. When you're talking to the things that are seeking to control you, ultimately, it's your flesh. I mean, ultimately, it's, it's you. You're the one who's not in control of those things. But doing it through your willpower, you're never going to get control of it unless you're way stronger than me. I mean, there, there are probably people in the world who can do it through willpower. I was not wired that way. That's not my character. My character is God. If you want me to lose weight, you're going to have to help me. God, if you want me to not be anxious, you're going to have to take it from me. Now, once he takes it from you and once he steps in, that's when you seek him and say, okay, let me find the scripture here to stand on. Let me find what you want me to do and do it. I mean, his, his strength is there. We just have to draw from it. 
It's just that we can't do any of this stuff in our own power. I mean, like I said, you, I could probably lose weight in my own power, but I don't want to. It's way easier with God, way easier. Make things bow to you. So now I'm going to read. I have some promises that I'm going to read. If you'll go to the first one, Andy, Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. That was supposed to be four also. That's okay. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you trust in the Lord and you do good. Dwell in his land. Enjoy the things that he has for you, all of the safeties and all that stuff. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So not only is he telling us to seek him, but he's giving us a promise right there. He will give you the desires of your heart. We talked in Matthew, and Matthew was about getting the things that we need. All these things shall be added to you. That's what he was talking about was the things that we need, like clothes and food and all that stuff. It's not just about what we need. When we seek him, it's also about the desires of our heart. All right, go to 3410. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Psalm 112, 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. I mean, the promises in that scripture alone right there. Your children are taken care of. Your children are going to be in control and, and, and powerful. You're going to have wealth and riches in your houses. Your righteousness is going to endure forever. I mean, that pretty much covers a lot of it. A lot of the things that we're concerned about and that we're afraid about. But when you start off that scripture, can you go back to one? Never mind, I'll find it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. So when we're praising him, we're aware and have an awe of him, a fear of him. We find great delight in what he tells us to do in the Bible then all those things are going to be coming afterwards. Um, 128, 1 and 2. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. These are all promises that if we're seeking him, this is, stuff is all ours. Romans 15, 13. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflowing with hope. I mean, when we're full of hope, that affects everybody around us. When we're full of prosperity, that affects everybody around us. When we're full of joy, that affects everybody around us. Everything that God gives to us is meant to overflow in us. If I only have a little tiny bit of joy, then it's hard for me to share it and give it to somebody else. If I have a whole lot of joy, it's easy for me to give it away. If I have a little tiny bit of money, it's hard for me to share because I need it. If I have a large amount of money, I'm like, here, you need some? Let me help you. It's just way easier to do. And that's what God has intended. So, we have to choose. Do you give in to the temptations that Satan's throwing at you as he's seeking you to devour you? Or do you keep seeking after God? Even if you give in to that temptation once, that doesn't mean you give up. You just, oh, okay, shake it off, start seeking God again. A lot of times it makes it's easier for us because we, once you give in, you're especially like dieting. <laughs> well, I done messed up today and ate this, so I might as well just eat everything I want for the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> I haven't this week, I promise. <laughs> I've been very good this week. But I am really bad about that, so <laughs> that's not really the way that we're supposed to do it. If you mess up, so what? You just seek God again. Go after it again. I think we think it's all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. It's every moment. It's every moment that we need to choose. Do we give in or do we seek God? And that's all it is. So hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm done. We'll end with prayer, I'm being told. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here today and to learn. And I pray that every word that, that you have given me to, to send out has, has helped in some way and that it will be a revelation to continue to grow in people's lives and, and especially in mine and that we will change and that we will be different and that we will seek you and that we will learn to speak to the things that are trying to control us and put them in their place and, and just be the one who's in control like you have made us to be. We are the ones who are to put Satan under our feet and all of these things that are seeking to distract us and to devour us. And I pray in Jesus' name that we will learn how to put those things under our feet and never look back and that we will walk in victory in every area of our life and that as you continue to peel back things and we get rid of them and you show us more, that we gladly give them to you and even if we didn't really, even if we weren't aware that they were there, that we give them to you, that we lay them at your feet, we walk away from them and we let you handle them because you can do it so much better than us. And let us walk in victory in every area of our life, every single area of our life. Praise you for miracles. Praise you for miracles. Praise you for healing. Praise you for peace and joy this week. I pray peace and joy on every single one of us here and anybody who's watching online that 
that, that we would walk in peace and joy all week long. That we would have a, 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 a peace that passes all understanding over all these areas of our life that we've been fighting with, but we no longer fight with them. That we, we have that ability to just walk away from them. Give us joy that we can pass to others. Give us prosperity that we can pass to others. Let us be a light. Let us be your disciples and your ministers, Lord, in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.